Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I'm thankful that we can experience His love. I trust you are prepared for Snowmageddon uh, this afternoon. Yeah, I know. Y'all been to Walmart and cleaned it all out already. There's no bread and milk in all of Oklahoma City because it's like the apocalypse. All Okay, just, yeah, get your milk, your eggs. Some of you are buying chickens because you're, no, it's not that bad, but I hope that you're, <laughs> amen. Well, I trust you had a good week and uh, that you got to spend some time with your loved ones, and uh, we're delighted that you're here this morning. Y'all doing okay? All right. We've got one of our missionaries here this morning, Jen Becker. Hey. She's back there on the back row. She's not backslidden or anything. She's just sitting on the back row, and one of our missionaries, we support them every month, and we're delighted that you're here. Amen. She gets the Long Distance Award all the way from California, joining us. Y'all think y'all struggled to get to church this morning. She came all the way from California. She left at 4 o'clock this morning. And uh, no. I will tell you this. I, I had an interesting thing happen last week. I knew this was happening, but <clears throat> this kind of just um, drove it home for me. Last week, one of our young men that attends, I, I think he comes to second service, uh, college student at Southern Nazarene, he, he came up and he said, you know, my parents watch every Sunday from Singapore. Now, they've got selfish motives because they watch him walk by the camera and he waves at them. Uh, <clears throat> hey, whatever it takes, whoever you want to wave at, as soon as service, y'all just line up, we'll wave at But from Singapore, 14,000 miles away, and uh, he told me that um, out of the tactics series that we just finished uh, the Sunday that I preached about God coming behind you, that his mom, who is a missionary, uh, was ministering to a lady, and she was thinking about cleaning out the idols in her home because she's a believer and her husband is not. And she re-preached my message to her that you have to take the first step. And so all the way from Little Bethany, Oklahoma, uh, 14,000 miles away, we're seeing God use what he's doing here. So let's not take that for granted. Amen. So y'all just turn and wave. I don't know who's there, but we, we hope you're blessed this morning. Um, in the 1960s, uh, and I don't ask me if I was there, because I was late 60s, okay? We won't be friends anymore uh, if, um, if, okay, uh, in the 19s, I went to a line this week, and I was the third person in the line of a group of 13, and they said the gray-haired gentleman at the end will pay for everything, and on the third person, which happened to be me, they asked me to pay. So I threw, no, I didn't throw anything. I was nice, but I wanted to throw something. Um, in the 1960s, uh, the mamas and the papas, I don't know who that is, have, uh, yeah, I do, ha may have most accurately captured the sentiment of this concept of getting the case of the Mondays. Uh, Monday, Monday. Here were, here were some of the lyrics. I looked these up. These are hilarious. This is back when music was deep. Okay. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, sometimes it just turns out that way. Oh, Monday morning, you gave me no warning of what was to be. Oh, Monday, Monday, how could you uh, leave and not take me? Every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine. Yeah, 
See, I told you it was deep. But whenever Monday comes, whenever Monday comes, you can find me crying all of the time. Mondays, nobody, Monday gets a bad rap, but Mondays, nobody like, likes Mondays. Ever had one of those days? One of those Monday days? It's, it's just a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Ever had that? Uh, some of y'all have had those kind of days. The fact is, is that if I was to give you some, some of you the microphone, you could stand up and declare, I had one of those weeks. I, it was like Monday every day of the week for me. Ever been there? Uh, for some of you, I know your testimony, and some of you could literally stand up and say, I had one of those years. Every day of the year was a bad day. I, it, it's probably not the most appropriate uh, uh, analogy, but I will never forget. It is burned into my mind. A, a pastor friend of mine who went through a terrible year. His his um, children went nuts. The the church. He got sued like twenty one times and out of trying to help people. And on a New Year's Eve service, he said, "Some of y'all want to look at the old year and wave goodbye at it, and some of you want to turn and flip it off." And he said, "I'm at the flip it off part." And I just want you to know there are days. <laughs> See, some of y'all offended right now. Get over your religious self. So y'all know y'all wanted it. Okay. Uh, some of y'all just wanted to buke it. I understand, but to buke it. But some of us wanted to do something else. And uh, these Monday moods, they come uh, due to a variety of reasons. I mean, you think about it. It could be uh, sickness could produce that kind of a day or a week. Uh, it could be a relationship. It could be unexpected twists and turns of life. There are a variety of reasons, but regardless of the cause, the cause doesn't really matter. What matters is the result is the same. The result is, is that now in life I find myself faced with these low, dark clouds hanging over my head. There are moments in my life where I feel like it's raining over me while it's shining over everybody else, you, you know? Uh, I will show my age and say doom and despair and agony on me. Some of y'all know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Um, it, it impacts our outlook. It, our joy has been jolted. Our peace has been punched. Our hope has been halted. Our, uh, it's Monday, Monday, Monday. I don't like Mondays. So now what? What do we do when we are faced with a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? What do we do? We're going to go into the Old Testament, and you know where I'm headed most likely. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to look at a couple of illustrations, accounts in the, in the Scripture. One today in the Old Testament, next week in the New Testament. Let me encourage you to be here next week. Uh, we're going to sh I'm going to have someone stand up and share their no good very bad day and how they have overcome. It's going to be a powerful time together. And so I encourage you to do that. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at this. We have spent time in this passage before. In fact, uh, Tari preached for us not too long ago, and I know what he preached about, but I didn't listen to it on purpose because I was afraid. I know he used some of what the, the passages I'm going to use, and I was afraid that if I listened to him, I'd just re-preach his message. So if I re-preach his message, then he was prophetic and didn't know it, or, or maybe we ought to listen because God's saying something twice. Um, so let's go to job, uh, job, Job. Let's go to job. It's it's today Monday. What in the world, Job? Hooked on phonics uh, worked for me. Job chapter one. My word. Job chapter one. I can't get a break. Job chapter one verse eight. 
God said to Satan, have you noticed my friend Job? There's no one quite like him. He's honest and true to his word, totally devoted to God, and he hates evil. Satan retorted, so did you think Job does all that just out of the sheer goodness of his heart? Why, no one ever had it so good. You pamper him like a pet. You make sure nothing bad ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. You bless everything he does. He can't lose. But what do you think would happen if you reached down and took away everything that, he ha- that, he, that is his? He'd curse you right to your face. That's what. And God replied, we'll see. Go ahead. Do what you want with all that is his. Just don't hurt him. Then Satan left the presence of God sometime later, probably on a Monday. <clears throat> I'm taking some license with the scripture this morning. Y'all Facebook tell the pastor's a heretic. It's probably, it had to be a Monday. Sometime later on Monday morning, while Job's children are having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the, docks, the donkeys were grazing in the, the dachshunds. The dachshunds were grazing in the field next to us when Sabians attacked. They, they stole the animals and they killed the field hands and I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, it had to be Monday. Another messenger arrived and said, Bolts of lightning struck the sheep and the shepherds and fried them, burned them to a crisp. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, I'm tired of the whiles, while he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Chaldeans coming from three directions raided the camels and massacred the camel drivers. And I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, worst message you can ever get as a parent, your children were having a party at the home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept in off the desert and struck the house and it collapsed on the young people and they died. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. Job got to his feet and he ripped his robe and he shaved his head and then he fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked, I came from my mother's womb. Naked, I'll return to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes away. God's name be blessed forever. Not once through all this did Job sin. Not once did he blame God. It had to be Monday. All in one day. All in one day. Think about that a moment. Uh, if, 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 and then if that wasn't bad enough, that's just chapter 1. Because then in chapter 2, since Job didn't sin and didn't turn on God, the devil comes back to God on Tuesday and says, if you would allow me to touch his physical body because you took everything away from him from his, except for his health, so if you'd let me take his health, then surely he would curse you. And God says, okay, go give it a shot, but wait till Monday. It doesn't say that, but I'm sure he waited till Monday. And the next Monday he comes along and he strikes Job in his body. And it's the worst day. He takes his health. It's the loss of everything he owns. And everything he loves. We talked about Job in the past, but uh, maybe this morning a few new ideas or thoughts about having a terrible, hor- horrible, no good, very bad day. What? Why the bad days? Three things, real quickly. The first one is this: I believe that what bad days do is that they reveal that God believes in you. Now, you've got to stop right there, and you didn't misunderstand me or mishear me. I, I Notice I did not say that you believe in God. 
I said that bad days reveal this fact, that God believes in you. Notice, if you will, from the story that, that it's interesting that God makes this statement about Job. He says, have you considered Job? I, in my own mind's eye, I know I've got a, a crazy imagination sometimes, but it's almost like that God is dangling Job in front of the enemy like a trophy, like, nah, 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 you can't touch him. Uh, it's like I, I believe so much in Job that, that I can dangle him in front of you and, and test you and say, bring your best shot because he's never going to turn on me. It's It's an unbelievable faith level and belief level that God has in Job. We all always want to talk about our belief in God, but but my question this morning is, does God have grounds to have faith and believe in us? See, um, I'm convinced that if you are experiencing a no good, very bad day, it simply means that God trusts you with what you are facing. And I'm going to make a statement that I have not made to you before that I want to make sure you catch this because I want to say it like this. It's just another way of saying it, but I I believe that you need to hear this, and, and that is this. If God allows it, then he also must have a plan for it. That's how much he believes in you. And I can prove that, I think. Uh, I was recounting um, an, the, 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 what Jesus does when he was walking in our midst. You remember in the New Testament that, that Jesus walks from town to town. And the Bible declares that, that, that in his travels that he would go into these towns and he would heal everybody, right? He just he was an equal opportunity healer. He would just walk in and heal everybody, and everybody that was sick would get made well, right? Okay, I like that part of the story. And so what I can take from that account of what Jesus did is that his followers understood and had seen the glory of his ability to heal. But now Jesus gets word that one of his best friends is sick, Lazarus. You know this story. I'm not going to read it to you because you know it. Lazarus gets sick. Jesus gets word that Lazarus needs to be healed. And Jesus stalls for four days. So my question is this. Could Jesus have sent word and healed Lazarus' disease? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. We've already seen that he can do that. He's got power over sickness. Therefore, We've seen that level of glory, right? So why does he wait until the bad day turns into a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Why stall, Jesus? Why wait four more days, Jesus? Why not respond immediately to the cry for help? The messenger has come. Run the race. Get there in time. Heal him. Just send the word. Send a prayer cloth. Pour oil on it. Whatever you got to do, but send the word. But he waits. Well, we find out because he tells us. Why let the day get bad? John eleven forty says this. Then Jesus said, I did not tell you, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Quickly, let me see if I can explain. Jesus allows the day to get worse in, in order to reveal a new level of glory. 
Oh, y'all missed it. Let me see if I can help you. See, he could have sent word to heal the disease. He could have stopped the death prior to it happening. But there's no glory seen there. They had already seen Jesus heal. They knew Jesus could heal. They had experienced Jesus' healing. They had witnessed him being able to reverse diseases. But now, all of a sudden, by him waiting for the day to get worse, he exhibits... A new level of power that they had never witnessed before. And so now, out of a day that was bad, getting worse, they get to witness the fact that Jesus not only has the ability to heal, but Jesus has power over death and uh, death as well. And so he uses this bad day turning worse as a backdrop against which to reveal new levels of glory. And you say, well, big deal. What does that mean to us? Okay. What that means then is, in other words, if you are experiencing a new level of pain, if you are being, if you are being beaten up and dragged down and trampled on right now, and you have gone through pain before, but now you find yourself going through deeper pain than you've ever experienced, and your guts being ripped out, and your heart's being broken, and your dreams are dying, and all your wishes are not coming to pass, then may I submit to you that if you are experiencing a new level of pain, all that's happening is you are now being prepared for a new level of glory. That's all it is. That is all it is. Is if the day was only as bad as another day you'd had in the past, there's no need for a new level of glory. This this new level of hurt and disaster and brokenness is simply unlocking and unearthing a new platform to experience greater glory. He believes in you. If you're walking through more than you've ever walked through before, then he hasn't forgotten you and he hasn't forsaken you. He's trusted you. He's believing in you. That's why you meet these crazy folks that can go through so much pain and yet they continue to worship and give credit to God and you go, man, they're nuts. What's really taken place is they've learned that the more that the enemy is piling on me, it just reveals that God believes in me so much. I'm trustworthy. The, the, the second thing I believe that bad days do is they, they reveal the bigness in you. The bigness in you. Notice that on day one of a very bad day, the text says Job got to his feet, he ripped his robe, he shaved his head, then he fell to the ground and he complained. And he whined. And he threw in the towel, and he kicked the dog, uh, and he kicked the cat, and he blamed the relatives, and he blamed the, no, the Bible says that he got up, and then he fell to his knees, and he worshipped. The pain that he, got, he was going through, the, the bad day revealed the bigness in him. One man said this, a man is measured by what it takes to discourage him. What it ta- so in the midst of what may be the worst The most terrible, the most horrible, no good, very bad day in the history of mankind. Job chooses to worship rather than choosing to whine. My question for you this morning then is what is your first response? When everything goes wrong, when the check bounces and the kids act like idiots, and I know y'all don't do that, but, you know, just some of, some of our kids, and, and you fail the class that you studied so hard for, and you lose your job, and, and everything is not working, the, what is your first response? Bad days reveal the bigness in you. 
So, is your first response trust or terror? Is your first response faith or fear? Or Facebook. That was free. Um, It had an F, so I had to throw it in there. Pity party or peace? It reveals who we are. Okay, here's the truth. Trouble reveals what's in you. Okay. Anybody know what that is? Are you sure? Are you sure? How do you know? Just by looking at it? There's no label on there that says teabag. How do you know that's a teabag? Let me show you how you find out if it's a teabag or not. Okay, over time, you see it coming out? The tea is being released. What caused the tea to be released? Hot water. Uh, okay, some of y'all getting it and don't like it. But, but uh, may I submit to you this morning that the only way to find out what's in you is to put you in hot water. If everything went right and everything turned up roses all the time, like you work four hours and they pay you for 952 hours and you, you're expecting a $20 check and they give you a $20 million check, I, have a, I, I just have this suspicion that we really ain't going to find out what's in you. You went to the doctor expecting a cold and they come back and say, I'm sorry, but I, I'm sorry I have to inform you, but. It is when you go through and you're put in and placed in hot water. This is some sorry tea, man. Good grief. Uh, I, need, I need some, I need like, I need a, like a spoon. I, I'm not drinking it anyway, but. Cause I, you, re, you recognize that the hot water that you are placed in does not reveal who you are to God. Because he already knew. What it does is when you start going through hot water situations, no good, very bad days, it reveals to you what's in you. And it reveals to our enemy what's in you. For instance, uh, this just crossed my mind. A couple weeks ago, we shared with you that a good friend of ours had just been married for 12 weeks, and his 26-year-old wife passed away unexpectedly. Been married 12 weeks. And his heart was destroyed. And in the hospital, I'm watching him share grace to the doctors and the nurses and to everybody that's come to see him, to, to, to love on him. And, and there's a young lady standing next to me and saying, it has been so awesome to watch the grace that's come out of his life and, and the, the concern for everybody else. And I turned to her and I said, well, what did you expect? This is who he is. He, all this is done is revealed to us. That he was who we thought he was. And when you're going through hot water and bad days, it is an attempt to reveal to yourself and to the enemy who you really are. So my question this morning is this, is is when the enemy begins to to send one thing after another. It's that account I hate so much. And then another messenger and another messenger. You do realize there's a tactic being revealed there. The enemy likes to pile on. Have you ever noticed? 
If it was just one thing he did, I'd be okay. But he piles on. It's layer after layer. It's a layer of pain and then another layer of pain. And then it's a layer of sickness and another layer of sickness. And so my question is, is this, is are you one layer or two layers strong? Are you two layers strong or are you three layers strong? How strong are you? There's only one way to find out. Okay, y'all didn't like that one. But that's what trouble does is it reveals who we are. We know who Job was. Not in the first part of Job, but in, in the first chapter where God dangles him in front of Satan, we find out who Job really is after. And then the third thing I would say to you is this, and I do this on purpose because we talked last week about one of the tactics God uses, but let's see if you can figure it out. I believe that bad days put people in their place. Let me see if I can explain. Can I just give you a newsflash this morning? People cannot solve your pain. They can't do it. See, Job's friends, if you want to call them that, they arrive on the scene right after his bad day when he's living through the worst Mondays ever recorded. And they sit around with him for the next seven days and they say nothing. And then, after saying nothing for seven days, over the next 27 chapters of the story, 27 chapters, long chapters, go read them, great friends, 27 chapters later, all they've been doing is bad-mouthing Job, dissecting his pain, lamenting that he was ever born, accusing him of sin, and what Job realizes is that they can't help him. I told you last week that one of God's tactics is that he gets skinned. He operates and utilizes people, remember? And I told you that you had to have two kinds of people in your life. You had to have confronters that would tell you when you're doing wrong, but I also said that you had to have comforters remember okay I want to make sure you understand this concept I want you to understand that God does assign comforters to you but I want you to understand that these folks are not assigned as a substitute they are assigned as they are assigned to you as an assistant and I make mention of that because what I see happening over and over in so many of our lives is this we elevate people to God's so when I start going through a bad day and I don't like the way my life is turning out, rather than turning to God, I turn and see people that are assigned to comfort me and I replace God with a substitute with somebody around me and then when these gods around me can't come through because they cannot do anything about your pain, then we want to get angry. Then we want to blast them on Facebook. You didn't contact me. They're not a substitute. They're an assistant. What Job comes to grips with is that, is that 
I cannot run to people all the time and ask them to resolve something in my life that only God can resolve. People, listen, bad days put people in their place, and what it does is it forces us to realize once, again, once and for all that only God can satisfy Only God can save. Only God can produce peace. Only He can resolve my issues. We know that intellectually. We come in here and we talk about only God, only God, only God. And we know that in our brain. But you know what reveals it? Bad days. Bad days reveals to us experientially that people, as God love them and I'm thankful they're assigned to comfort me, but they're only an assistant. They cannot heal me. They cannot bring me the the peace that passes all understanding. They might bring me happiness, but they have no ability to give me joy. Bad days put people in their place. And I think the reason that God allows some of us to go through some of the things we're going through right now is so we'll get our eyes off of brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so and and my husband and my wife and my kids because the truth is, and my dog, because some of y'all think your dog is like, if I I have my dog, I'm happy the rest of my life. Listen, the dog's going to die. I hate to be the one to tell you that, you know, bad news, it would be a horrible day. But if you recognize through the bad day that God never fails and he never slumbers and he never turns his back on us and he never forsakes us, he is consistent and he's steadfast and he's trustworthy and all of a sudden I get my eyes off of everybody else and I recognize there's only one strong tower and there's only one safe place and there's only one refuge and there's only one savior and there's only one redeemer and there's only one person that loves me like that and I'm thankful that you're here to assist in the process but when it comes right down to it what I'm most thankful for is him him therefore if you do me wrong on my bad day i ain't gonna hate you well maybe uh but 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 i'm not gonna get mad at god well you said you would love me for the rest of my life and now you've walked out and so now i'm mad at you and i'm mad at god and i'm mad at everybody else then you've made them god You employed me, and now you kick me to the curb, and I don't have enough food, and I'm struggling, and I'm stressed out, so I hate. Well, then, did he change? Because I didn't know your job was your provider. I thought he was your provider. Bad days put people in their place. And so I don't know what you're going through this morning. Some of you are in some very, very hot, nasty-looking tea water. But may I submit to you that as bad as the day is, and I don't want to diminish, listen, we know what bad days feel like. We do. I think some of y'all roll in here and think, well, they're the pastors. They never go through anything bad. We need to have a come to Jesus meeting. If you feel that way, I want to meet you right out in the back little lot behind the truck. I'm beat. And I'm not saying we've had days as bad as your days. But we all have bad days. And I'm learning that if I'm having a bad day, God must trust me. And there must be something inside of me that he wants to reveal to me. 
And I'm learning that as much as I love you guys, and I appreciate you, when it comes right down to it, I know y'all have my best interest at heart, but only he satisfies. Father, this morning, I, I know there's some folks that are struggling and they've experienced some heartache. They find themselves in what feels like a Monday. God, I'm, I'm praying over some folks because I know some of their stories that it literally feels like they have had five straight years of Monday after Monday after Monday. Father, I pray this morning that what you would do is that they would, in the midst of their pain, and in the midst of their disappointment, rather than hearing from me, they would hear from you. And I pray that what they would hear this morning is this statement rolling over in their spirit. And I pray that they would be able to identify the still small voice that is saying it. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Listen, some of you are going through some really tough stuff right now. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Father, I pray that they would recognize this morning that you believe in them. Father, I pray that what they're going through would simply reveal to them how strong they really are. Father, I pray that if we're in the midst of a battle and it's it's a painful day, I pray that we would not run away from those that you've assigned to us. But at the same time, I pray that we would not allow them to become a substitute for you. I pray that we would be we would come to the place where we rely on you at a greater level and a greater depth because we realize that at the end of the day the only one that really satisfies the longings of my heart the one that can heal me set me free and bring peace in the midst of a storm there's only one Father I pray that I would pursue that one on my worst days would you stand with me this morning I would make a huge mistake this morning if I didn't recognize that some of you are going through some very difficult things. That's why you're here. We can't resolve it, but we are assigned to assist. We're God with skin on. That's what He does. He uses us. And we just want to come alongside of you and 
pray that God will give you hope. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Steve, I'm struggling. It's been a bad, it's been, it's been like Monday. And I don't, I'm tired of the Mondays. But I want to be faithful through the Mondays. And I just need the Holy Spirit to give me strength. And I recognize that to have strength, I've got to lean on folks. Not that I'm not leaning on God. But I'll be honest enough to admit that it's not a very good day. If that's you, would you just do this? And I know this takes guts. Would you just step out real quick and come and kneel and find a place to pray? And then I'm going to give instructions to others in a moment. It's been one of those days. It's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those seasons. always the women that will admit it not the men I believe that God has placed passion church this body strategically in the lives of these individuals as assistants I know some of these stories up here. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. If you, if some of you were going through what they're going through right now, you'd have already given up. I know their story. There's some strong individuals up here this morning. God must trust these folks a lot. But I know this. He's placed you here as an assistant. And so I just want to release you this morning. Would you just, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, would you find one of these folks that have come down for prayer and would you just get up around them put your hand on them and ask the holy spirit to strengthen them for what god is trusting them with i know you can't solve it but you sure can help you can assist would you do that if you don't feel led to come down would you just for a moment take some time and just begin to pray right there where you're standing or sitting if you want to sit down that's fine but would you just pray over these folks and ask the holy spirit just to minister to them in a very real way today and Help them face the bad days they're going through. to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.